Hey, it's Mel. And Maddie, and this is Smatter of Fact. Just two best friends dabbling in speaking with superficial knowledge on our subjects. In other words, a smattering of facts. Yeah, before we got on here, we were talking about um, how much ice is just encased everything tonight. Did you guys get snow, too? We no. Got no. Oh, we have snow, <laughs> too. <laughs> we just have, like, the freezing rain. And Look. my car was like a little, a little egg. Covered <laughs> in ice. Egg. Yeah, I saw that a lot of things are canceled for tomorrow yeah yeah it's kind of bizarre i know i watched it just like happen all day accumulate and (laughs) just just get worse and worse (laughs) today is not the day to be outside (laughs) nope (sighs) you just just watched it i want to know mal when are you and jaeger getting a cat i would like to know as well um he knows that i really really want one i was thinking about this the other day and i was like well we we kind of did talk about it like a week or two ago because we were like, well, where would we put like the litter box? And we're not entirely sure where would we where we would Just the put bathroom it. downstairs. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that, but it's kind of small like with the laundry mm-hmm. rack and stuff, but That's true. Um I don't know. Yeah, where would you put the litter? Your bathroom upstairs. Maybe. I don't know. I just, uh, it's just annoying with, like, the whole fee and everything, but. Yeah, that's true. We don't even know, like, what the fees are, but Mm. I know. I really want a cat. Are they so cute? I know. Brandon and I were at um, his friends for the Super Bowl, and they have a cat. Its name is Olaf. (laughs) And I was surprised because we pretty immediately were friends. And it, like, came and sat on my lap a couple wow. times you didn't we chase after it <laughs> no i did pick it up one time but then it stayed on my lap <laughs> um yeah i just love animals you cannot fault me for that oh my gosh i just remember like when we were young you would just like terrorize the poor things you just like chase them you're like love me yeah i think that's like the dog person in me because like dogs are just like so like yes i love you right that's like you have to like like, ignore them and then they're like wait you're ignoring me it's on their terms yeah Yeah. and so i think that's that was like a hard mentality for me to get out of but yeah for sure yeah it would be it would be kind of nice to like have like someone to keep me company as i'm home all day every day Mm -hmm. sometimes i get a little i don't know lonely i guess yeah you could have a little friend on your lap while you're working yeah because like some there's like a couple days a week where like i don't have any meetings and i'm literally just like producing stuff and mm-hmm. i don't know just give me like, some i kind of like want to talk to someone oh. or yeah. get a fish and put on your desk <laughs> to live on your desk it would be free especially if i steal that one too <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> throwback oh i don't think all our listeners know that story i'm sure i've said it but um yeah one time maddie and i went to go get goldfish and 
I accidentally forgot to like pay for it at the checkout because we went to the self-checkout. It was like 50 cents. And yeah, and they don't have like a barcode on them or anything. And I don't know. I just like I was paying for other stuff and I just like totally forgot to like pay for them. So I stole them. And then I felt so guilty about it that I went back a few days later with like two quarters and just like put them on the fish tank. <laughs> so I was like too oh, embarrassed they're... to go to like customer service and be like, hey, I owe you 50 cents. Like, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, at least it was like the cheap fish, not like the expensive ones. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good time when we had our fish. That was a good time. Then the one that I had had a full beard and goatee but then he yes. like slowly was like dying and where he he got to a point where he like wouldn't move and wouldn't eat he just kind of like flopped around like he literally like instead of swimming he just kind of like flopped and then oh, no. um we decided to put him out of his misery but like my dad was like I got this but like he didn't like just like kill it like quickly he literally buried it alive on like in the what, backyard why didn't you just flush it was it down still the toilet? like i don't know because you're not supposed to do that and so we were like i guess oh. so we was like, we we're gonna we're gonna bury it in the backyard and so he just like wrapped it in a paper towel it was still like gasping for breath and he literally <laughs> just like buried it alive <laughs> so bad that's so bad it was such a sad fish like oh my gosh what was its name again damon yeah, I think so. It was after Vampire Diaries. Because why wouldn't it be named Stephen? Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> I don't so remember funny. the other one. I don't think it was Stefan. No, but... I don't think so. And that's funny. I feel like it was like Bubbles or something very like different. I don't remember. Um, well, speaking of kind of dark histories... Um, oh. Today we're going to talk about the dark history of, of something... Um, I'm excited. I think you've probably heard a lot of this information before. Um, just because I think Morbid did an episode about it a long time ago. Um, and I'm sure there's like things on TikTok, but we're going to talk about the dark history of the Wizard of Oz. Oh, yes. Um, I've been wanting to do this one for a while. I'm um, so but excited. I- I want to give the reminder that this is a smattering and there was so much information. I don't think that yeah. we could fit it into one. It was so episode. messed up. Like, yeah. So, with that, let's dive in. We're first going to talk about. Sorry, also, I'm eating mac and cheese. <laughs> um, Dairy free mac and cheese. It's Ooh. not bad. That's good. Not great. It's not bad. Um. Anyways, so. The children's book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum, um, was published in 1900. <laughs> and it's from a series of four full t- goodness gracious, 14 full-length books based in the Oz world. So it's Wait, the first really? one of 14 books. I didn't know that. But it doesn't end there, so you'll get to, we'll get to that in a second. And even in life, Baum titled himself as the Royal Historian of Oz. To keep up the magic that Oz is a real place. And the books... Like Disney. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and the books are written like Dorothy and another character named Princess Ozma are telling him directly about their adventures. 
Oh, okay. So it's like like written like he would be the historian or whatever. Oh. Um, yeah. Then it was put on stage in Chicago in 1902. Um, and Baum helped write and produce the show. Like a this play. Is not yeah, just a play, just a comedy. It was not like the musical that like comes from the movie kind of thing. Okay. Um then it was produced on Broadway in 1903 and was the longest running show of the decade. Wow. They did like over 290 shows in 10 years. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. And that um, was only like a couple years after the book was written, like Yes. Yes. Or like published. Yep. And so when it was on Broadway, it did have its own original music, but it's not the music that we see in the movie. <clears throat> so, anyways, following this, it toured the country after it was like shut down on Broadway or whatever. When it was done on Broadway. Um, or maybe it was while it was on Broadway. It toured the country like until nine nineteen eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Till not alone. Um, not that long. In the 1903 adaption, Toto, Dorothy's dog, was replaced by Imogene the cow. What? Do How you have any just... guess why? There's a reason. It wasn't just like, let's turn this little dog into a cow. They replaced a dog because she lived on a farm? Nope. So, it's actually... Because it was easier to fit an actor into, like, a cow outfit than to try to portray a dog on stage. Um, or to try to train a dog to play the part. Okay. Purely for the reason that they felt like she needed a companion. And they didn't want, like, a huge dog? No. Gotcha. So they said, and they they didn't say Toto. Toto the cow. They said, no, let's change the name completely. It's Imogene. Imogene. Ooh. So, you know, that's a name from that time. Drove. Let's not bring that one back. I want to see this cow costume. Yeah. Yeah. I'm honestly interested. Um, I'll try to look it up. So, also in the 1903 adaption, the cowardly lion only did pantomime. He did not have any speaking lines. Um, And this was, like, going with the traditional idea of the time of animals not talking in productions did you find a picture yes but it doesn't like look like a cow i need to see this too let's see imogene it's like a just like a black cow it like doesn't really have (laughs) that's terrible i know it doesn't look like a cow the head sticking out (laughs) the actor's head like to the side of the cow's neck oh my gosh that's so funny. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the Cowardly Lion did not speak in the 1903 adaption because animals on stage should not talk. That was like a thing. Mm-hmm. Oz can exist, but we're not going to. It's too unrealistic for animals to talk. The scarecrows can talk. Monkeys can fly. But like a lion talking? Absolutely not. Um, what did the lion even do then? He just did pantomime. He was, like, com- comedic relief. Oh, okay. okay. Um, kind of, like, I'm assuming, like, like pre-vaudeville-style, like, pantomime, like, slapstick kind of farce humor. Gotcha. I don't know. Um, in 1910 and 1925, two silent film adaptations of the story were created. 
So prior to the movie that we see in 1939, two silent films were created. And then in 1939, the film was made with Judy Garland as Dorothy, but it was not instantly a success. Hmm. And the music and songs in the film were not the ones used in the stage adaptation. The music in the film uh, was written by Harold Arlen and E.Y. Yip Harburg. Hmm. So, like, so they made, like, two movies and then they made, they made, like, three movies total? Like there's a lot the there's a lot of wizard of oz movies huh it was not the first two silent films were not by mgm who picked up the gotcha. musical one with judy garland why was it not like a hit i thought it was like a huge thing because it was like one of the first like color films or whatever it didn't become a big thing because children's books and children's stories being adapted into stories was not something that people were watching in films the first film to like really do that was Snow White, which came out I think in nineteen thirty seven. Yeah, thirties um, or something. And that was like kind of what prompted the producers to want to buy the rights to the story because they were like someone thought like this would make a great like children's movie. Um anyways though, after the film, the nineteen thirty nine film was made. 1945 there was a play that used the songs from the film and this like collaboration was created for the st louis municipal opera Hmm. fun fact and then in 1987 a new adaptation was scripted um that like went more closely with the 1939 movie script and played in london's west end so it was a musical following like the movie script more closely huh okay <clears throat> interesting yeah so i want to talk about the 1939 film most because it is like the most known and beloved film by like many people yeah um and i feel like to do that i need to give like a slight like background like recap of like what what is the wizard of oz for the people who may not be familiar if you're not yeah, go sure. watch it and then come back and listen to this because <laughs> it's going to be confusing when we talk about certain scenes yeah okay and i'll probably ruin it for you after (laughs) right yeah so it's it starts out in this black and white world kansas 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 (laughs) very midwest world um and dorothy's on her farm blah 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 and there's this really mean neighbor blah 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 and uh there's a twister that comes through blah 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 and the house gets swept up blah 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 and she ends up in this she she wakes up and opens her door um and she is in this technicolor world suddenly there's color oh my goodness ah oh. and this is oz <laughs> um and so first we meet like the munchkins and glinda the good witch um and she follows the yellow brick road and it's basically on this journey because she her house lands on this witch and kills this witch and there's these red slippers she puts them on her feet and she's like i need to get back to kansas and the witch is like ah well you have to go to uh the emerald city and see the wizard of oz the wizard the wizard (laughs) um so they're off to see the wizard she's off to see the wizard (laughs) um 
and she, along the, the way she wizard. meets yeah the wonderful wizard of oz right because because <laughs> because 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 of the wonderful things he does don't sue me okay <laughs> um <laughs> so along the way she meets these three people that like strongly resemble oh i'm sorry reverse before she leaves munchkin yeah land, i was gonna say it. <laughs> She she meets this uh this wicked witch who strongly resembles her like really mean neighbor, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Give me back my ruby slippers" because they were like her sisters or something. And Dorothy's like, "Ah," and Glinda's like, "She cannot take them off," and she's like, "I'll get you, my pretty ha ha, your little dog too, ha ha," and then she disappears. Boom, great. So now she's off to Oz, to the Emerald City. <laughs> To meet the wizard. And she, along the way, she meets a scarecrow who is looking for a brain. Classic. <laughs> I love I love playing this song because there's like a piano adaptation for like ballet classes and being like, oh, if you guys only had a brain, like when they forget the combination. <laughs> um, funny. I think I'm funny. They're always like, that's not funny. And I'm like, <laughs> I think it's funny. You forgot the combination. The song's called If I Only Had a Brain um and that's then, hilarious yeah then she goes that she she's like oh my gosh i'm going to the wizard to go home and he's like do you think he could get me a brain and she's like yep um so he goes with her the scarecrow and then along the way they meet a tin man and he's looking for a heart great cool tin man scarecrow they run into the wicked witch then they've come across this lion Ah, and he is actually really cowardly and he's like i need courage and so they're like great well we're going to the wizard you can come with us we all have these things we want and he's like cool so and the three of the her companions she meets along the way strongly resemble the the workers on her aunt and uncle's farm that she lives on i thought it was like her family no they're just farm workers they're just farm workers. They're just farm workers. She they just run uncle. the entire farm and make them successful. Exactly. <laughs> um, I thought it was like her like brother and like nope cousin or I don't even know. Nope. Hmm. I haven't seen that the movie in so long, but it's a good movie. Hmm. Did you watch it for research? No. I should have though. Anyways, so they go to the Emerald City. And the way she gets in is she's like, I have these ruby red slippers. And then they get their pampering makeovers. And they're like, oh, the wizard will see you now. And the wizard's like, I will help you get these things, but you have to bring me these things. Sends them on this quest to basically go defeat the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, They go to her castle. Dorothy gets trapped. They sing Oreos. And then <laughs> um, they splash some water on the witch. She dies. Blah. They grab her broom. She melts. She melts, sorry. <laughs> and they go back to the Emerald City and the wizard's like, you didn't need a brain because you had it all along. And you didn't need a heart because you had it all along. And you didn't need courage because you had it all along. And you didn't need help going home because you could get there all along. All by yourself, all along. <laughs> oh, also the wizard like strongly resembles like Dorothy, I, does she decide to like run away from home or something? She, he, like she runs into him. She tells her, he tells her fortune. Yeah, there was like one part like before the twister. That's why yeah. she was away from home. Is she right. like somehow like so the wizard also resembles someone the psychic from or her world? No, yeah, yeah. Some I don't remember some what that was about. Spiritual but... person. 
forgot about that. Oop, that was fun. Um, and so, great. And basically what happens is she gets home to Kansas. Everyone Is he the one that gives her the ruby red slippers or no? Or no, she gets them off the... Never mind. Yeah. We might have skipped some parts, but... Yeah, I mean, that's a gist. (laughs) I mean, this was a very chaotic retelling. Yeah. Cool. Now you know about the story. Next, let's talk about Baum, who wrote the original story. Um, He was not originally an author. (laughs) He was originally a poultry breeder. (laughs) (laughs) That's not funny. I don't know why I laughed. (laughs) I thought it was funny. Uh, Um, And a traveling salesman. And then he like okay. wrote a couple plays. How can you do and both acted at one? In them. It was what? like different times. He tried a lot of things in his life. Okay, and then um, he just decided to write a best-selling yeah novel. Yeah, and so he was forty-four when the book was published. Wow, and then went on to read to write thirteen more books within the next like twenty years. Did he like take part in writing the plays too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not the 1939 movie, because they bought the rights from him. Mm. But like the one, some of the ones before he like. Oh, okay. With. So he also wrote a series of books called Aunt Jane's Nieces, under a pen name, Edith Van Dien. He poses a woman. Yep, and wrote like girls, like like young adult teen fiction. <laughs> that's that's really weird. Yeah. And he wrote like, like he over think, like, he wrote like over a dozen of those books too. Did he think people would like make fun of him for like writing that? Like I don't know. But I was like, they probably made fun of you when they found out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, also what kind of title is Aunt Jane's nieces? Like just own it, man. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> just really funny. Edith. So he died in nineteen nineteen. And the last Oz book was published a year after he died. The last one he wrote. Oh, However, okay. In a turn of events, this children's author, Ruth Pluley Thomas, or sorry, Thompson, um, was hired to continue the series. And she wrote 19 more Oz books. What? There's what? like 33 of these books floating around What? Somewhere. How many stories are there to tell about Oz? I, guess. I don't know, but he was going to end the series in book six. It's like boxcar children or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> Geronimo Stilton. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I love those books. Oh my gosh, me too. Both of those series. Books. Yeah, honestly, same. And like, yeah. what is it? Magic Treehouse or whatever? Mm. Magic Treehouse had an absolute death grip on our, like, people our age. Literally. It did. Choke hold. And I feel like that's probably how these books must have been. Because he was going to end the series after his sixth book, but then people were like, we want more. And he, like, needed money, so he wrote more. Well, and then it obviously had a enough following to where someone else could pick it up and write 19 more books. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. He, he also... I didn't know anything about that. No. Yeah. He also like... opened a film studio um, called Oz Film Manufacturing Company. Where he planned to make his books into a film series. And this is where we got some of the silent film adaptations of his stories. Um, But they were, like, not super successful. And his, like, Mm. film company was not successful at all. Yikes. So. You win some, you lose some. Yeah, exactly. 
So now let's talk about the 1939 film and some of the dark history behind it. The reason why we're all here. Um, so Judy Garland <laughs> was 16 when she starred in the film. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So she was pretty young. Um, there were over 600 actors used in the film, over a thousand costumes, and cost 2.8 million, which is 61 million dollars today, to make. And initially, hmm. it only made three million, or in today's money, 65 million dollars. So they didn't consider it very profitable because by the time they like barely broke even, they had to like pay out everything and like you know all the yeah. actors and stuff. They barely broke even. So, there were a lot of problems with the production of the film, uh, which is what <laughs> many people consider a dark history. Starting off strong with the munchkins. Oh. Uh, most of them were fully grown adults. So, they were little people. Um, and they were known to harass Judy on set, doing things like putting their hands up her skirt. Oh. And they were often drunk. They, Wait, so, like, were they all... They brought in about, like, ten kids to, like, fill out the scene. But, like, all of those people that you see, except for, like, ten kids, are adults in Munchkin League. Like, people with, like, dwarfism? Yeah. Wow. So, not only were they, like, doing things to Judy on set and often drunk, out of their, like, hotel rooms where they were staying, they, like, ran, like, a prostitution ring basically <laughs> so that's just great apparently i guess i can't like 100 percent say but that's like what most people say um so they originally had a first actor to play the tin man but after 10 days of filming he had to be rushed to the hospital um and he had to have like an iron lung help him breathe like what you do for polio yeah because he was being painted in aluminum powder to give him the metallic look um and it caused him to get aluminum poisoning and the director tried to keep bringing him back maybe i should have mentioned this in my household killing episode (laughs) yeah it's kind of partly what gave me this idea but the director tried to like keep bringing him back to film like kept bringing him back to set but he was so extremely ill um that he was like i cannot like i am so ill i cannot breathe on my own oh my gosh and then the director iron lung like the the director threatened to fire him if he wouldn't come back um (laughs) like within a certain time period and he was like okay and so he got fired literally like okay i quit like yes literally um, so they brought on new actor Jack Haley, um, and the makeup team switched to using grease paint covered by aluminum paste instead of the powder. Um, and the makeup caused him to get like an extremely horrible eye infection, and his skin was mm. always like really irritated because of like the grease paint that was covering it. Did like the grease kind of protect mm. him from the aluminum? Though? Yes, I think that was like the idea, like creating a barrier mm. for his skin. Um, probably not very breathable. No, um, which was a problem because, like, on set, it was like upwards of like a hundred degrees at any time because of how bright they had to keep the lights in order to uh. for the cameras to pick up the Technicolor. 
Oh my gosh. Um, and so like most of the time, like these actors were in like extremely complicated makeup and costumes and were just like dead. Because you think about like all of the the characters who had like their faces painted, it was like the monkeys, the cowardly lion, and not just their faces, but like their hands and other parts too, the scarecrow, the tin man, the wicked witch of the west, uh like I think there was like a few more too, but like they were all like dying because their skin did not have a way to like breathe or sweat because they were covered in like grease or oil paint. Oh, that sounds um, miserable. Yeah. But perhaps what's more miserable is that the Tin Man's costume, which was made entirely out of metal, um, made it so he was unable to sit. So if he wanted to rest, he had to lean up against like a wall. Or, like, a stool. Like, he could never, like, fully just, like, give his legs a break for these, like, extremely long days of filming. Yeah. Because they just, they were like, nope, a tin man needs a tin costume. Well, and they just, like, didn't give him, like, like a lunch break? Like, Well, they they did. They did get a lunch break. Uh, And part of the problem with the lunch break was... Like, the person who played the cowardly lion, his makeup was, like, so complex that, like, when he was eating, he was messing it up. And so the the producing, like, the production team was getting really frustrated that he was messing up his makeup. And they were like, you can't eat, like, food on set. You have to just, like, drink liquids, smoothies, mm. milkshakes, water, tea, coffee, anything you can, like, do with a straw, Liquid basically. diet. Liquid okay. diet, just, like, broth. And eventually he was just like, absolutely not yeah like i need to eat you can redo my makeup after our lunch break because he was like losing well, a lot and it's of like weight so and, hot like, and, like... so hot in such long days like he's like i cannot not have food um so the wicked witch who's played by margaret hamilton was painted in an oil-based makeup to get her skin green and it took so many weeks after filming was done for her skin to turn back to its normal color because of how pigmented the paint mm. was. So she was just green for a long time. <laughs> oh, no. Um, In the scene where she disappears in the puff of smoke in Munchkinland. And then there's like the big flare of fire. There's supposed to be a trap door that like dropped her down. And it malfunctioned. Um, and so her hands and arms caught fire. And her face <gasps> as well. Because it's oil based makeup. Oh And no. like fabric. Um, and she was burned and had to, like, go to the hospital. And so, yeah. Ugh, that From sounds then on, That's she was terrifying. Like, she was like, I will not do any more scenes where there's smoke or fire. And anytime there's, like, a scene with, like, smoke or fire after that. Or I think probably even in that scene. Because I think they had to redo it. Because she didn't disappear. Um, they She made her stunt double stand in for her. Oh, my gosh. She's like, I'm not getting burned again. Yeah. She got water dumped on her later. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so this is kind of this is more. Oh, no, just kidding. Uh, there's a fun fact at the end of this fact, but this one's kind of sad. Toto, who is actually named Terry, had her paw stepped on by someone on set. And for much of the film, it is presumed that she was running around on a broken paw. Oh my gosh. No. But, fun fact, she went on to be in 15 more films after this one. What? 
Yeah, she's just a little movie star. What films? I don't know, but she's just a little movie star. Wow, how much money does that dog make? $125 a week for their time. Wow. Um, So, originally, Shirley Temple was the one they wanted to play Dorothy. Um, And she stepped out of the running because she didn't want it to, like, ruin her career, like, if it flopped. And so they were like, okay, Judy, you're on. However, you're 16 and you're getting a womanly figure. They were like, you are fat and you need to be on a diet to look more childlike. So they forced her to lose 12 pounds before filming started and put her on a very strict diet so that she did not gain weight. Wasn't Um, she like on a liquid diet too, kind of? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And she also began smoking during production to keep her appetite down and smoked somewhere around 80 cigarettes a day. What? Yeah. 80 cigarettes a day? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't even imagine. No. It's like, how do you even have time to like smoke all that when you're filming? Just like in between takes. But like apparently the producers like didn't like how she looked. They wanted they were like trying to force her to look like Shirley Temple. Yeah. Um, that like all of the shots where it's like close-ups of like her feet and ankles is someone else. Why? It's not Judy. Because they were like, You're too. Her ankles look too Yeah. At 16? Yep. That's so weird. Yep. And she was like forced to wear like a really like tight, like waist trainer situation to like in like a hundred degree figure yeah Mm -hmm. and she also like had a wig on too so it wasn't just like like also like i don't know if you've ever worn a wig but like your head gets so hot because like there's nowhere for anything to go yeah um so the producers also put her on a regiment of medicine at the time it wasn't i don't think that they like were like in their mind like we're gonna drug judy but like that's what they were doing it was very common practice for like actors or like children actors at the time um which was kind of medicine amphetamines to keep her weight down and to give her energy Mm. to like wake her up and barbiturates to make her sleep after long days of filming what because she was having trouble sleeping because they were like you just we need you to sleep so here's medicine, knock you out. What? And then they'd wake her up, give her an amphetamine, and be like, okay, energy. Poor thing. Yeah, so she became addicted to these medicines because she was on them for so long. Um, and she actually, like, overdosed on barbiturates. Um, and that's how she died when she was 47, mm. which is that's just so, so sad. sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah i'm just like uh that's just like heartbreaking because like i have to imagine that like like her being on like those pills it wasn't just this movie like it had to be like other films that she did too because it was just kind of a common practice back then because they did such long days and there wasn't a lot of like child labor laws in place and right you know like that kind of thing well yeah yeah speaking of horrible like costumes and sweating the cowardly lion's costume was made out of a real lion's hide and oh smelled my. horribly. I can imagine. 
Ooh. Um, and it was extremely heavy. It was like eighty to ninety pounds. Oh. And it was like a situation where he's like, once he's in it, he's in it. You know, like we're not taking him out of it. Um, oh, the amount of sweat. Yeah, he would sweat so much. This is so funny. It's not funny because like I would hate being like like it's like your first job on a movie and they're like, yes, your job assignment is every night. You and this other person, two people, are going to wring out the costume and then dry it for the next day. It took two people and hours to wring out the costume and dry it so it would be ready to go the next day. That's so much sweat. Yeah. Like, it dried, really, for the next day. Like I don't know. I don't know if it actually dried, but, like, they had, like, two people working several hours to, like, physically wring out the costume. Hours? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Every single day after filming. Ugh. It's horrible. Um, so the film had four directors over the course of production. Um because really? yeah. Because the production team, the like the producers were like not happy with like what like the first guy, they were like, We don't like where this is going, we don't like the direction you're taking this, you're fired. And like the next guy, I don't know, like probably the same thing. And then the third guy um left the film because gone with the wind was suffering and so he went to like go direct that instead oh okay so four directors and this one is like just so great so you know the poppy scene where they're like sleeping Ooh, didn't mean to hit my microphone what oh i like yeah where they like fall asleep yeah they like fall asleep well Mm -hmm. The snow, yeah, the snow that fell down um, was crushed gypsum and asbestos, Uh, which was a common substitute to use for snow, like, so it wouldn't, like, melt, uh, so you could really see it stand out on film, but, like, crushed gypsum and asbestos, and they just, like, breathed it in and, like, had it fall on them and, like, yeah, for, like, however long they filmed that scene, which I would imagine was, like, they did not just do it in like one take. It was probably several hours. Uh not to mention the whole team who had to like Yeah. Like crush it or whatever and like collect it and Yeah. No. Whatnot and Yeah. Oh um, so clean it up. Yeah. There's so many more like fun facts about um this like film. But I feel like it's like hard to see without the visuals. And so I'm going to direct you guys to this, like, page on Instagram that I found. And, like, perhaps we'll tag it as well. Um, but it's called – it's literally just at Wizard of Oz History. Um, and it's, like, some behind-the-scenes stuff of the Wizard of Oz. Um, and they have so many, like, cool things, like, talking about, like, props and costumes and stuff. But, like, I was like, oh, how can I talk about these? But it's hard to, like – to like ex- describe the ruby slippers being different in different takes and how there's like four pairs and like but without like you guys being able to see so i want to direct you to that yeah i didn't even know that was yeah it's cool it's super interesting it's like they have all these old pictures of like the different actors and like some of the ones who had like actors from like the original actor because a lot of like the actors in here were like secondary choices after like a couple weeks of filming, they like oh, wow. have to replace them. Um, this is just a fun fact. So Ray Bolger, um, who's a scarecrow, 
he is like so this is just this is just me being a dance nerd but he is a big like person in the dance on film like anytime there's like dance on film from that like golden era of movies he's like a dancer um in there and he was originally supposed to play the tin man but he convinced the production team that like he was like i think i would make a better scarecrow and here's why and like showed them like how he would play the part and Hmm. like convinced them to switch his role and so instead of playing the tin man he ended up playing the scarecrow and like that whole scene where he's like dancing and stuff it's like he's a really good dancer like a very like yeah i always like that part where he like was learning how to walk and then just like dancing he makes it so believable yeah um yeah and there's lots of pictures of like the different wigs and wig colors that they tried on judy and the different dresses and um just like like there's just like so many behind the the scenes stuff that's just like super interesting so i would just go scroll through there and give it a look yeah yeah so and there's like also some other like uh conspiracy theories about like what happened on set and like some things about like like there was like this thing about like oh and a munch you can see in a film that one of the munchkins is seen hanging from a tree then he hung himself on set and oh but like that's been debunked it was like a bird a live (laughs) bird just a really big bird because they like rented just a really big bird they did they rented these birds from a zoo because they thought having like live animals going through the scenes would make it feel more like a realistic world and less like huh. on a stage. Okay. Um. So yeah, that's like the the debunction of that one. Was there anything like with like the monkeys? Like any scandalous? I don't know. No, nothing like scandalous. But there's like one detail in there that you can see when you watch the film. There's one monkey who's like the wicked witches. Uh like a right hand monkey man um mm-hmm. and all of the monkeys all of the other monkeys have wings and they fly but that monkey yeah. does not have wings so it's like assumed that his wings were like clipped <gasps> oh okay can you hear i think there's a plow truck outside no it's like i can hear it but okay good yeah so he's no. just like <laughs> it's loud <laughs> um and then so like there's also like like you can go to the Smithsonian and there are so many um costumes, props, different things, artworks um on display in a Smithsonian mm-hmm. uh from the movie itself. I've always and... wanted to go to the Smithsonian. Yeah. Mm, they're cool. You oh yeah, you've been there. So to some of them. Yeah. yeah. I'm jealous um so it's also this one's i'm just telling you a couple fun facts now um (laughs) there's it's rumored that like one of the like the wizard's like jacket that he wears was originally frank l or l frank bombs jacket um but they didn't know it originally someone found it in like a thrift shop and then like in the pocket it's like has his name like uh on like a little tag and apparently, like, his wife, Bomb's wife, like, authenticated it and was like, yep, that's his. That's crazy. Um, they, and like, found that. 
they ended up giving it to his wife after the film because he had already died. Well, wouldn't she have been the one to give it away in the first place? Well, it was in like the thrift shop, but like because it was in the film, they gave it back to her because it'd be worth so much money. Uh, so many of like the props and the duplicate costumes and like those kinds like of things. Like the pieces. slippers, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, because there were four pairs and there's like one in the Smithsonian and then there's like three others that other people own. And like they went wow. for like thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like Dorothy's first like blonde wig that she has you don't see it in the film but like originally they had her in a blonde wig apparently she had like kept it and gave it to her daughter uh liza minnelli and uh i was like this seems far-fetched but it sold for like eighteen thousand dollars and it wasn't even like used in the film no wow yeah so there's just like lots of memorabilia that like it's just like so expensive people were just so enamored by the film and like all of the different like aspects of it apparently there was like uh like an auction for like mgm studios in like the 70s and um they like uncovered many pieces of like costumes and stuff wardrobe from the film that like previously like uh, people who had been there and like the new you know generation didn't know existed because they would just been shoved into storage so i can't imagine finding that that'd be awesome be like wait is this from this movie wow yeah so yeah i would definitely recommend going to look at that instagram page it's just wizard of oz history um and also i think that the morbid episode that they do i don't remember exactly which episode i'm gonna look right now um is it's really well done they do like they do a very very deep dive um it's episode 281 um but they do like a very deep dive into yeah it everything with the, the more very very focused on the movie and it's good i guess the scarecrow's hat is in the smithsonian too yeah wow yeah so there you go even though like all like the darkness of it i like kind of want to watch it now i know i'm like it would just be it's just like kind of just a nostalgic movie i feel like it's got like a it's got a good charm to it and i feel like if i watched it maybe i would notice some more like details about the costumes or like whatever because like they were very like intent on having very detailed costumes and sets and um all of that kind of stuff like the scarecrow's like burlap face has like a burlap texture to it you can see the on the instagram page it shows like the like the texture yeah. of it and yeah they i mean they did a good job with yeah the costumes and stuff even though <laughs> they weren't exactly like humane about it maybe but yeah which like i think it's hard because like it sounds so bad but like back in those days it was just like standard practice for a lot of things a lot of those things just happened on set and like they did not care if you got aluminum poisoning they were like we need you to look metallic um and probably out of like productions like that and things going wrong came like you know an actor's like union of like we need rights and like child labor laws like you cannot just like work a child for 16 hours a day and then like drug her so that she goes to sleep and then drug her so she's awake like yeah so i think there's That's... like uh, 
a different mindset during that time of like what what was considered okay versus not yeah yeah so any other comments questions it was very interesting thank you i thought so too (laughs) it's always learning more about like the like the i didn't really know there were like books and stuff i think i read like one of them like probably like the first one but i I don't think i've ever read the first one i think i have i think i read it's different than the movie yeah but like i'm pretty sure i read it yeah i didn't know there was a series though yeah it's a whole it's like it's like the original there's originally 14 and then there's the 19 that follow apparently i don't even i don't even know if like in the original book i don't even think that the slippers are ruby actually no they're silver yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. they yeah that one is a fun fact they changed the rubies to be or the ruby slippers to be ruby for to show up better against the yellow brick road they thought the silver blended in too much Hmm. yeah also the line iconic the line like oh toto i don't think we're in kansas anymore was like not originally in the books well it's one of the most recognizable lines now (laughs) yep yep yeah, it was even in um, a Super Bowl commercial this past oh, really? weekend because it was the Kansas City Chiefs and they did oh. something funny. They did something funny where it was like um, they had like a Dorothy and she was like, we're not in Kansas anymore. That's right. funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. Bring it full but, circle. Yeah, bring it full circle. <laughs> right back to the real world. Yep. Can't escape it. It's pop culture. All right. Well, <laughs> this has been your smattering of facts. Woo. Bye, guys. Bye.